if you wanted to lose weight and you knew you couldn't do it on your own and you went to hire a physical trainer, what would be your expectation after it's all said and done? So what do you do? Get someone to help you meet your goals if you've got certain goals set, right? So if you are wanting to uh, lose weight or if you have a physical challenge that you're trying to meet, like let's say run a race or run a marathon or something like that, and you've tried and tried on your own, but nothing, it just wasn't working. So what what do you do? You want to get someone that's going to help you to do it, someone who's more experienced than you are at what it is that you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, find somebody that's going to help you out, get to that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you a personal trainer. Do you think that the personal trainer is going to um, slack up on you? You you don't get the results that you need if you expect the personal trainer to slack up on you. So you should go in there expecting him or her to go to the fullest extent of getting you to the your goal, weight or whatever that is, whatever your goal is, you expect you're paying this person, you expect results, right? Right. So the personal trainer is going to make you do the hard things that you wouldn't do on your own. And if you want to get the results or you want to get to that next level, then you're going to have to do what the personal trainer is training you to do, whether you like it or not. And then when you start seeing the results, And when others start seeing the results, what happens? They start asking you, what have you been doing? I mean, you're changing. What's causing this change? And because you see it and other people see it, then you're going to begin to tell other people about what it is that you're doing and and who's helping you to get to where you you are right now. I mean, you want results. You don't go in here paying somebody some money. If you don't want results. And so you can't be lying to him. You can't be uh, not doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, if he's a a good PT, he's going to do your nutrition. He's going to do the weight training. He's going to do cardio. He's going to get you into the place where, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be rough at first. But the more you stay persistent at it, the more you listen to that physical trainer, you're going to get to that place that you mentioned. You know, you're going to get to that place where you start feeling good about yourself. You start building confidence. You still having confidence. You um, you look good in front of people. People are looking at you saying, wow, what did you do? And every time somebody says something about your your status, it builds you up. It increases your your confidence and you start walking with a little swag, you know, because that personal trainer did whatever he needed to do or she needed to do to get you to that place. There's points when they come in to comfort you, but suck it up, sailor. Let's move in. Let's get let's get going because they have a goal in mind for you, which you have given them to get you in the best shape ever. Right. And I think sometimes that, um, you know, when that that personal trainer, their name and their reputation is on the line, Mm. you know, 
And so they want to do, they want to get you to your goal because if they're telling you, if you've, you've hired them and they said, yes, I can do this. I can, I can help you get to where you want to be, where you need to be. And they don't get you there. Then you're going to say, man, this person's no good. I'm not going to recommend him to anybody. You may, you may start, you know, bad mouthing this, this person. So it is incumbent upon that personal trainer to do what he says he's going to do to get you to your next level. So what does that look like? You know, I mean, if we're talking about personal trainers and, you know, we're always talking about the word of God, there is a connection. This is what we want um, anybody that's eavesdropping on our conversation to realize is that we believe that all of life's issues can be related to scriptural principles that God has laid out for us. And those principles are not so that we can be educated or in intelligent. It's there to encourage us to run this race in, by faith in Christ. And God has equipped us, fully equipped us mm -hmm. unto all good works. Mm -hmm. So when we say physical trainer, you got it right. We are talking about the spiritual trainer and the spiritual trainer is the Holy Spirit, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, the Holy Spirit is our spiritual trainer. And when he gets us in the shape that we need to be, then we won't have any problems telling others about the gospel or about making disciples. Just like when that physical trainer got us to the point where we needed to be, we didn't have a problem telling others who got us there, how we got there. We even begin to help others by what we've experienced. And we start helping other people who are, who are struggling. We may even walk alongside them. And this is what the Holy Spirit does for us. You know, he helps us in our struggles. He helps us. He comes alongside us. That's what, that's what he was sent to do, to come and walk alongside us, to tell us the truth, Mm -hmm. because he is the spirit of truth. Amen. He's not just like you said, you can't, you can't lie. Can't lie you know, me. you can't lie about, oh yes, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I ate, I ate right. You know, I did this right. And it, it, it doesn't show up, but the Holy spirit, our spiritual trainer will be able to tell us all of those things. Yeah. And, and he's, he's come under high regard. He's been sent to us by a great authority on a trainer. I mean, Jesus says, I will send him to you. I must go, but don't worry about it. I will send this helper to you. Mm -hmm. And King James Version says a comforter. So he's all the things that we need to walk this walk and to talk the talk and to get in shape. And it's a process, just like a physical trainer doesn't say, okay, I want you to deadlift 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. Nah, he's not going to do that. The Holy Spirit doesn't get you to that place. Though he can, we need to go through a process in order to understand the development stages that we need to go through. So he comes, to, it says in John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus is talking. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. So he is there to connect us to God and God to us mm -hmm. and direct us and guide us and teach us all things and guide us into all truth. Just like John 16, 12 through 13 says. And I think there's this st stigma of 
oh, he's the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's a ghost. You know, this, this mannerism of, oh, he's too eerie. It's just too mysterious. I don't want to get involved with that. My point of view is whatever God has for me to walk this walk and be an overcomer in this world, I want. I mean, if he says he's got the Holy Spirit there to help me, why would I resist the Holy Spirit? It was so important for us to receive the Holy Spirit is that even Jesus himself, even though he's one with the Spirit, one with the Father, Jesus himself being an example to have an overcoming life, you need to be baptized in the Spirit. He is needed for us to have any kind of hope for a victorious life. Yeah, and that reminds me of um, the scripture that talks about Jesus says that giving you life and life more abundantly, you know, that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And sometimes I think we just think in terms of material stuff, but the abundant life is not about the material stuff. It's about the spiritual stuff that makes us overcomers. It's about the Holy Spirit and, and the power that he has within us to give us that that life, you know, to to be able to walk through things that a normal person, you know, would just throw in the towels, but the Holy Spirit will lift us up and walk with us through those things. That's a part of abundant life, you know, is having peace that transcends all understanding. That is abundant life. And if we've ever needed peace, it's right now through all of the Amen. chaos that's going on right now. We need this abundant life and the Holy Spirit helps us with that abundant life. Yes. Amen. Jesus says this in John fourteen seventeen, and he says that not everyone can get this trainer. Not everyone can get this helper. Not everyone can get this comforter. He says the world cannot receive him because the world don't see him, but you see him and he will be in you. And so there's this, this mindset of, I, I don't want that. I want God, you know, I want Jesus, but that Holy Ghost thing, mm, that's a little bit too much for me. If you know Christ, you know, if you know Christ, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to govern your life. You need him to direct you. You need him to guide you. You need him to correct you. You need him to instruct you on the way that you should go. You need him. We can't do this without him. And it was important for Jesus to be an overcomer in flesh. It is important for us to have the same example in part or baptized us or infill us so that we might be overcomers in this world. So he allows us to connect and know what it is to be in Christ Jesus as we walk this walk. So how, if a person is not really acquainted with the Holy Spirit, how do you allow him to lead you or guide you? How does that work? What does that look like? Good question. Let me, let me give you an example of why we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking to his disciple and they're talking about, you know, when, when, when times get tough and it's in uh, Matthew 10, 16 through 20, I'm going to read this and please bear with us. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and they will scourge you and you in their synagogues. 
if we can think about they will scourge you in their churches, if we were talking about now. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake. Just change that to our governmental officials for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Sinners, people of the world, if we want to look at it from that point. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall say, for it shall be given you in the same hour what you should say. For it is not you that will speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. So the things that you will say to these people that have brought you before them will be something that you could not come up with on your own. And it will be the Holy Spirit speaking through you and it will be hitting its mark every time. There's another point in John fourteen seventeen. Okay, John fourteen seventeen. It says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So you see, the world cannot receive, but those that God has, has said, I will give, you are you belong to me. You know, you accepted me. I'm giving you someone that's going to help you through this journey of faith. You know, the Holy Spirit's job is to basically go through that sanctification process with us. So we need to listen. And what he'll do in that process is he sometimes he'll forbid us. You know, I often say that God called us out to make disciples of the world. But at this point, uh, Paul and Silas in Acts 16.5 wanted to go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit forbid them to go. So the Holy Spirit may forbid you to do something because not to say that was a bad thing, but the timing was wrong. So the Holy Spirit is about God timing. Then we have, you know, Acts 5.3. Okay, Acts 5.3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? So... So you see that you can't lie to the Holy Spirit. You know, he's your spiritual trainer and he is a spiritual trainer for for Peter. But these two people, you know, saying that they they sold their land. But what they came in saying that we sold it for this, but actually they didn't. They sold it, but they took part of it and saying this is what we sold it for. So you can't lie to this Holy Spirit, just like you can't lie to a personal trainer saying, you know what? I, I had um, the right amount of nutrition. I ate the right food. And I did the right amount of exercise, man. I guess the personal trainer said, okay, get on the scale. So with with Ananias Sapphire, Peter said, okay, I just weighed you. The Holy Spirit just weighed you and uh-uh, something's off. You you need to, uh-uh. And you read this story. It's in um, Acts 5.3. You read what happened to Ananias and Sapphire because they tried to lie to the Holy Spirit. So he's no joke. You know, there is a trainer that's trying to train us into the way God has called us to be. He is allowing us to be conformed into the image of his son by his spirit. And his spirit is doing that job in us if we allow him to. And then the last one is in Acts 8, 29 and 39. I say 29 and jumps to 39 because it's almost about the same story. God sends you out to evangelize. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to send you out to evangelize. He's talking about Philip, one of the deacons, one of the, you know, the, the disciples anointed him to be a deacon. The spirit says, I want you to go to this chariot. I want you to minister to this eunuch about the gospel, about Jesus Christ. And so Philip goes by the, the, the instructions of the Holy Spirit. So one thing led to another. The guy gets saved, you know, get baptized. And then it says that in Acts 
839, that the Holy Spirit transport Philip from that location and takes him someplace else. And it says that the eunuch looked around and couldn't see Philip at all. So we're talking about a powerful helper instructor. He can put you in one place and take you from another place. He can instruct you and forbid you. He can strengthen you. He can comfort you. The Bible says that God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. We have the spirit of power, deutimus, God's power, miraculous power. We have the love of God. That is that agape, powerful love, and the spirit of self-control. That self-control is is listed as sound mind. Why sound mind? Why self-control? Because it's necessary. If we have self-control, then I believe that we don't use that power or that love in the wrong way. And so we have the self-control. We don't respond to situations in the wrong way. So excuses is all out because we have the ability not to do things that we're not supposed to do. We have the spirit of self-control. Yeah. So basically all of the things that you just talked about is what the Holy Spirit trains us in this spiritual walk. You know, when to speak, when not to speak, what to say, what not to say. All of those things is a part of his training for us to basically run this race because we are running a race, as, as the scripture says, and not that only one person will win a prize, but every one of us will win a prize because we are all, we're all running this race, not for like a crown of, you know, that's incorruptible, you know, not for some medal that we're going to toss away, but it's for an eternal Metal and eternal crown is what we're running this this race for. And this is what we need the Holy Spirit to train us for. Amen. So we, we, we realize that we have to um, embrace the Holy Spirit because he's been sent by Christ and God. And so without him, life gets difficult. He allows us to walk in places and, and say things and be where we need to be because he is informing us what is the will of God. Mm-hmm. He prays, he intercedes for us. I mean, not to have him, not to want him. It's like, I don't want that gift that you sent. I don't want it, you know. I I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. But that gift is kind of creepy. I don't want that gift. And that's a sad place to be. I want everything, everything that God has to offer. He is our spiritual trainer. He is very uh, good at what he does if we allow him to Mm -hmm. do what he's good at doing. Yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to add the just one other thing. You you mentioned it earlier about power and um in Acts one and eight, it says that but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have the, the power to be able to do all the things that we're supposed to be doing and what the Holy Spirit is training us to do. We have his power. So with that, we'll just go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your words. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you sent to us, Lord. You told us that there were many things that you had to say to us, but we weren't ready to receive them. 
And so you sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to take what's yours, and He's going to give it to us because He is the Spirit of truth. So, Father, we just pray for everyone who's listening to us, Lord God, that their ears would be open to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to them, Lord God, and that their hearts would be obedient to to do what He's calling us to do, Father. We thank you, Lord. We We pray for anyone, Lord God, who may not know you, Father God. We pray that you would draw them to you, as we know that no one can come to you unless you draw them, Father. And all you have to do is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he did die on the cross, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day, and he is seated in heaven right now. All you have to do is believe that and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you will be saved. So we thank you, Father. And we bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. If you need prayer or if you have any questions or responses, you can contact us by sending us an email at iwfimh at gmail.com. That's iwfimh at gmail.com.